We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here for LakersNation.com. You're all for everything Lakers. The Lakers got some momentum heading into the All-Star break with a must-needed victory against the Lawrence Pelicans when he won 20 to 102. We're going to talk all about that, answer some of the your questions and comments after that game. Joining me, Ron Gutterman from LakersNation.com. Ron, how are you doing? Doing good after a big win uh, yesterday. And now we got a, a few days off, got an All-Star break. I know you're not feeling great, so just... A few days, a few days to relax is kind of nice. <laughs> what is a few days to relax? It feels like you never have those. That's, I mean, look, our our man Trevor is uh is out and about. That's that's why it's the two of us. So I mean, he's definitely in a in relaxation mode. He's on the All Star break, but maybe not us. Yeah. So, but let's dive into all things Lakers. First, starting off with last night's game against. The New Orleans Pelicans Lakers winning 120 to 102. And it was just awesome to see the new fit with all the new Lakers. LeBron James returns to the starting lineup. He has 21 points along with six rebounds, six assists. But D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Davis, they kind of lead the way. Ron, what was your thought on the fit with the new Lakers, especially next to LeBron James, Anthony Davis? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, when the trade happened, uh, I think my initial reaction was, okay, D'Angelo Russell's not perfect. He's not a perfect fit, but, you know, compare him to the last guy and it feels perfect. It's just, it feels so much better. Um, you know, he still is, he's a flawed player in some ways, but it, it felt like it was going to be better. And we finally saw it on Wednesday night and man, it did not disappoint. Uh, the fit is really good there. D'Angelo Russell, if he's hitting from three consistently, uh, it, it's a dangerous pairing with with LeBron. Just having a guy who plays a little bit of a slower paced game. Um, you know, I, I think one of Russell Westbrook's you know problems that he had playing with LeBron was that he was playing too fast. He was going faster than the game would allow him to go. And I feel like D'Angelo Russell is a lot better about playing with pace and playing within himself. Uh, and I think just having that as your point guard next to LeBron is just you can see the type of difference it makes with, with everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And then if you want to talk more schematically, I think DeAndre Russell is just a such more better fit for Darvin Ham's offense where his gravity as a three-point shooter, his ability to actually come off a of high pick and rolls and be a legitimate shooting threat. The Lakers haven't had that. I tweeted out, I think D'Angelo Russell had a uh, pull-up three in transition, and I tweeted out, uh, when was the last time the Lakers had a legit guard that could do that consistently? 
and it's probably D'Angelo Russell the last time he was here. So um, offensively with D'Lo, the fit was amazing. And then Malik Beasley as well, his off-ball movement shooting ability opens up a lot more of the sets. And now the sets are starting to work a little more frequently because you have a legit off-ball shooting threat. So it's just awesome so far. Yeah, I think to like boil it down to really simple terms, like your goal as an NBA-level offense is to force a defense to make as many decisions as possible. Force them into as many, do I go here or do I go here? Do I cover this guy or this guy? You force a defense into as many decisions as possible in one possession, and you're way more likely to get a lapse. What was happening with the team before the trade deadline was there were less decisions to make. When Russell Westbrook's coming off of a screen, you don't care if he shoots the ball. So you can you know you can go under, and it's not a big deal. You can go under a screen, not a big deal. You can pack the paint, not a big deal. They don't have any outside shooters. Now you look at this team and you're saying, okay, if I have a high screen and roll with D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Davis, and on the wing is LeBron, in the corner is Malik Beasley, and in the dunker spot is Jared Vanderbilt, there are five decisions you really have to make there. You can't go under because D'Lo will kill you. If you go over, that leaves Anthony Davis with a one-on-one. LeBron James can cut to the rim and get whatever he wants. Malik Beasley's open in the corner. Like there's just there's so much so much more processing the defense has to do to be able to stop that lineup as opposed to whatever lineups the Lakers were trotting out before the deadline. Yeah, and I hope that they realize that they have to use Jared Vanderbilt as an off-ball screener because if you use him, if you just leave him on the perimeter, teams will probably just not guard him. So you have to use him as a screener. Kind of how Golden State does with their bigs, with Kevon Looney and Draymond Green using them as last off-ball screeners and cutters. That's the easiest way to optimize them offensively. But taking a look ahead here, the Lakers coming out of the All-Star break, they have a pivotal, tough, but at the same time, almost every game is winnable stretch out of the All-Star break, uh, including... Two games against Golden State, two games against Memphis. You have a game against Minnesota in there, Oklahoma City, Dallas as well. Luke, I mean, not Luke, I think about the Raptors, but uh, Ron, my bad. Looking at that first seven or so games, how pivotal is that stretch and what is a realistic target for the Lakers coming out of the All-Star break? I mean, it's really tough. You want them to go 7-0 and there because – Every single outside of Memphis, who's you know in the two spot, they're pretty much locked in at two. It's going to take some pretty significant movement to get them out of that two spot. But every team they're playing is in that in that six to ten range, right? It's Dallas, New Orleans, Minnesota, Golden State, OKC. That's six through ten in the conference. That's who you need to beat, right? So if you go seven and zero. You eliminate any doubt, and you put yourself right in the thick of that that play-in race. Obviously, seven and zero is unrealistic for a team that has played one game together. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to put that on them. But, you know, I look at it. Uh, if they can go, the realistic best case scenario for me is five and two. Uh, I feel like, I feel like you probably drop one to the Warriors. You probably drop one to the Grizzlies, and then you beat the Thunder, the Wolves, uh, and the Mavericks. That also depends on if Kyrie Irving is playing in that game. I know Curry will be out for probably both of those Lakers matchups, but 
even without Curry, they showed uh, the other day on Saturday that like they they can put up a fight and they're not like a team to be taken lightly, even if they don't have Curry. Uh, so I, I I think five and two is like a realistic best case scenario for me. Yeah, and and, and like I said, uh, or I guess I tweeted this or whatever. I think you got to get Golden State once, bare minimum. You got to get them once, just for the sake of you're trying to keep pace with them. Um, you got to get Oklahoma City. You have to beat Minnesota, and then uh, against the Grizzlies. Yeah, you got to try to get one of those Memphis games, and you got to beat Dallas. So, yeah, bare minimum, like your season's over if you don't get at least four, but you really want to get five or maybe even six somehow. Seven, I think no, it's very unrealistic. I think Dallas, OKC, and Minnesota are like the must, must wins. You cannot lose those games. And then you try to go two and two in the four against Golden State and Memphis. That's kind of the goal for me, at least. I think I agree. I would say the oh yes, okay, yeah, I can, I can get by that. I was getting more so say Golden State, but you have two, so you could definitely lose one. So yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's also just really difficult. Like, and again, I know they don't have Steph. They didn't have Steph last weekend, and they're not going to have Steph the next two times. It's it it is difficult to beat a t- a team three times in like fifteen days. It, True. It's just, it's just a difficult thing to do, like mentally, to go out there. Like, if you've already beaten them twice, it's difficult mentally to go out there and be like, "All right, let's beat them a third time." Like we see in playoff series all the time. Like even in the series that are like four-one, you never for a doubt, like for a second, doubted what the result of the series would be. It feels like it's always that third game yeah. that the team loses. Right? They go up 2-0, they're feeling good, and then they drop one, and that. Dropping one reminds them, oh, yeah, we have to go win four and five. But it's it just feels like a different – and, you know, maybe the stats are totally wrong on this. Maybe the, I'm, the stats tell me a completely different story. But it just feels like beating a team three times in 15 days is a difficult task. Does it matter that both games are in L.A.? You know, I, 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 would, I would say so because the Lakers have been a, a, a far better home team than road team. But it's it's also it's one of those things where like this is a brand new team, and it's sure. like we can't we can't like use the stats from the first half of the season now. It almost feels completely irrelevant. And it's like, all right, this team, this team is two and one right now since the trade deadline, since the new guys got in. They're one, they're yeah, two and one. Because cool. Golden State lost to Portland, uh, and then the win against the Pelicans. So yeah. they're two and one. And that's all we got to go off of because, like, it's it's five brand new players. It's just it's so many it's so many new things. So it's hard to to say how they may play, you know, in future games. But it feels like five and two, and you know, you're saying six and one. Obviously, that would be more than ideal. I, I just I think five and two is what you need to do to be like, okay, we feel comfortable. Yeah, and four and three is the bare minimum. You go three and four. Dare I say two and five, your season's over. Your season's um, done at that point. Yeah. Um, anything else, Ron, before we hop into these uh, super chat, remaining super chats from last night? Trying to think, is there like, when you were watching the game the other night, and I was only able to catch the second half, um, when you were watching the game the other night, what were you seeing schematically that, Basically, that that led you to the conclusion that like, okay, Darvin Ham's system works. You just 
couldn't have Russell Westbrook in there? Like what, what, what were you seeing other than obviously like D'Angelo Russell hitting shots helps Jared Vanderbilt being so active helps. Like, but what did you see schematically? That's like, okay, they're running the same stuff, but now because of this, it's working. Yeah. So like the Lakers went to uh, a couple different times last night, like what I call Chicago action or it's called zoom action too, where it's just a pin down switch of a handoff. But on the, the, uh previous roster the one that we started the season with there's nobody to run it with because you didn't have a off-ball movement shooter that had positive gravity to affect the defense and now you have Malik Beasley the one time I believe he gets a three a wide open three knocks it down a second time he comes off and it's gravity the his man has to lock and chase over the top Beasley just comes off that's where he gets the lob in the first to I think start the game off so um, they're running the exact same, I promise you. They're still running their double <laughs> drag actions. They're yeah. still running the horns, elbow stuff. The I think they kind of mixed in the, the Chicago stuff with Malik Beasley. The post-ups now, it's a lot harder to double because especially with that starting group, or if you replace Rui Achimura with, with uh, Vanderbilt, it's super hard to double because now it's LeBron, D'Lo, right, LeBron, D'Lo, Rory, Malik Beasley, you and let's say like it's LeBron entering it. You never double from the first from the passer. That's the goofiest thing in the world, which the Lakers still did earlier in the season, which <laughs> drove me nuts. Um, but you don't help. You don't. You don't double off LeBron. It, it's just the, the the spacing's a lot better. Um, you're, you're still worried. You still want to stop the drive a little bit because it's LeBron, and you want to make life as difficult as possible, but. Um, Rob, thank you for noticing. It's not rocket science how to build a team around LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, the formula and and forget like forget LeBron James and Anthony Davis because 2020 we saw the formula, right? It was it was painfully obvious. But I think what's even more funny is like with LeBron specifically, there's 20 years of evidence that tells you the formula is this. Athletes, versatile defenders, shooters. Shooters. Just stick four of them around LeBron James, and you're going to at least get to the conference finals every year. Every year. It's like without fail. So it it felt – that's why the last year and a half – and, you know, what's so funny, I'm watching the second half of, of the Pelicans game, and I, like, started laughing because, like, this one game, not only – like, it's a fun game, you're winning it, like, it's great. It It – like, the only thing that was going through my head that whole second half was – how stupid was that deal? How stupid <laughs> was that trade? Because you had the formula, you did this big trade to go away from the formula, and now you had to do this whole big trade just to go back to the formula you had a year and a half ago. Yeah. It's it was just hilarious to me. And like this team obviously makes so much more sense. And we'll see what they do out of the break when they have some time. Uh, you know, AD having a week away, probably yeah. really good because. While he's been playing really well, uh, you can tell the foot is bothering him. And to all the the Anthony Davis haters, because last time I did Super Chats earlier this week with Trevor, uh, there were a lot of Anthony Davis haters. And I'd like to point out, he is a double-double in like eight of his last ten games. Um, he's good at basketball, I think you all should know. That's my... That's my uh... <laughs> I just want to mention before we get into it, I think the Monday night game against Portland... And I said this on the playback show. I might have said this on the on the uh, post game too. 
Anthony Davis against Golden State and against Portland did everything well except score. Now, granted, that's largely how we determine who superstars are, but literally did everything well except score. And then he got the score again, 28 points, 10 boards, five assists, think two blocks as well. He kind of put the game away as well down the stretch in the fourth. And that's what I had said after the Portland game was he led the team in shot attempts and he led the team in rebounds and he led the team in blocks. What, what more, like what more can he do other than make a higher percentage of his shots? But like, that's what you expect when LeBron James isn't in the lineup and Anthony Davis is, I expect three things from him. I expect him to shoot more than anyone else, rebound more than anyone else and block more than anyone else. If he's doing that, the the percentages and the total points don't as much matter to me as as the process of what I'm seeing, which is he's getting his own shot, he's shooting more than anyone else, and he's getting boards. That that's what I care about when he's in the lineup and LeBron isn't. All righty, let's dive into some of these super chats here. Appreciate all of you guys for. Uh, supporting the channel and saying Super Chats our way after a very fun game against the Portland Trailblazer. Not the Blazers, geez, wrong game, Sean. The Pelicans. <laughs> the that game Blazers. against the Blazers was not fun, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, they made, what, 17 threes in the first half, turned around in, what, in like 12 against the Wizards or something like that? Matisse Thibel hit four. I've never, I've never seen anything like it. Dude, Matisse Thibel hit four. Felt like Nazar, uh, Nasir Little hit like four. Trenton Wofford hit like three. It felt like what in the world was going on? Ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, let's start off with this one right here. Angelo says, which team would you go with? The team with Turner and Heald or the team we have now? This team? This team by far. I don't even think it's close. And maybe that's biased that we saw this team and we never saw the Turner Heel team. But like right. realistically, what are you getting with Turner and Heel that like Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt and Mo Bamba, the combination for forget D'Angelo Russell for a second. Throw away that D'Angelo Russell, who's been incredible in his last couple games with the team. Just take Bamba, Vanderbilt, and Beasley. What does that trio do? Like, what does Turner and Heel? What do Turner and Heel do that that trio doesn't do? And, and then on, and then on top of that, you also get D'Angelo Russell, who's like, you know, I use the term All Star loosely because like it was one and it was three years ago, but like, that's <laughs> an All Star point guard who is good at basketball and has shown already that he can fit next to LeBron and AD way better than even I thought. I was I. I you know, now that I'm watching them play together, I I might have been low on their fit. And I, you know, I didn't think that was possible given how low I was in the previous fit. Yeah, you definitely, I, I was still leaning more towards this one, but you definitely sold me on. It's not really as close if you really think about it. And four rotation players is a lot better than two rotation players. Yeah. Um, so, and you would have to pay Miles Turner this summer. And that Buddy Heald contract, is very overrated considering he's what, like a 30s? No, I think he's a lot better shooter now. I think he's like but, 39 and a half this year or 40. Yeah, so, but I mean, he, he's right around there. But like, you know, and, and this is no disrespect to Miles Turner, but like, if you give me the choice between Miles Turner at his contract versus the combination of Jared Vanderbilt and Mo Bamba at their contracts, 
give me the combo because yeah. that's two guys I can work with that do two separate, like se- have separate skill sets, but both bring energy, bring a defensive presence with them. You know, I, I like what they do. And Mo Bamba has the three point shooting. He's not as good as, as Miles Turner, but like he has the three point shooting in his arsenal. I don't know. I, I, I like the combination of those two guys better than Miles Turner. And then Beasley and Heald, eh, who cares? Like they're around the same. Yeah, and then also, you would still probably be in desperate need of a wing if you did that Pacers trade. And yeah. Vanderbilt kind of fills that void. I still think you need one more maybe, it, or maybe I'm just being greedy at this point. But um, I think, like, between Roy Hachimura and Jared Vanderbilt, you have, like, one incredible 3 and D wing. <laughs> yeah. So you'd like another one, but like what Rui provides offensively and what Jared Vanderbilt provides defensively on the wings is like the archetype of what you've been looking for, you know, for the past two years. Dominic Rodriguez with Super Chess says, thoughts on a D-Lo extension and thoughts. So let's just focus on what are your thoughts, Ron, on a potential D'Angelo Russell trade and how could the Lakers kind of manufacture that this offseason? Yeah, I, I think extending him is is to me the only uh, like smart course of action. Um, you know, I, I remember the Dennis Schroeder contract talks when he he was offered the four year eighty four million. He declined it. Um, you know, even though he's not what I believe to be a twenty one million per year player, Dennis Schroeder, uh, I think getting him on that contract just would have been smart because you have. You have those middle tier salaries. You yep. have guys that are a better than minimum level players. I, I'd rather have guys like that than not. And so, you know, if you give D'Lo an extension, odds are, and this is just the way the NBA works, odds are you are going to pay him more than what he's worth. You know, yep. to me, he's probably a 20 to $25 million player per year. Mm-hmm. And he'll probably give him the four year for eighty five billion dollar contract. Like four for eighty four for D'Lo would be incredible. Yeah. So that's where I see his value. He's probably going to get twenty five to thirty. That's just how the NBA works. But I'd rather have him on that deal than lose him for nothing or force some garbage sign and trade where we get back like a second round pick and then now it's a minimum player filling that role. Yeah. Just just get. I would rather just get a deal done. And if you want to trade him later, you can always trade him later. I think we're going to – I think he's going to get what Fred VanVleet should have taken this summer, which was – I think it was like four for 115. Yeah. I mean, just because like you said, he's probably – based off production and based off what is probably fair, he's probably that Dennis Schroeder deal, four for 84. But I think he's probably going to get – Bare minimum, like fours for a hundred. Bare minimum, somewhere around there. Such but. is life in the NBA, you know. It, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I would rather overpay a guy and figure out a way to work around it and and later. and trade him later yeah. than lose him for nothing. Yeah, especially a guy like D'Lo, who so far seems to be a uh, way better fit. Um, Monty Solomon with a super chat. Mo Harkless are three and D forty percent from three G leader. Uh, or get that 15-man roster 
spot a locker room guy like the Lakers 2019 talking about Jared Dudley and the 3 and D 40% from the G League are we talking like a Max Christie because I I mean I'm confused I'm taking a victory lap on Max Christie by the way very rare I get to do a victory lap but it was so hard for me to be in on Max Christie when I know the only reason Rob Palenka drafted him is because he's from Michigan <laughs> it's so hard for me to give him credit, but he is he is a solid player. Mo Harkless, I I don't know that he's good. <laughs> I'd rather give the fifty roster spots like Kevin Love or Melo. Bring Melo back over signing Mo Harkless. Bring Melo back. Kevin Love is interesting. You know, I, you know me. I was I was you know running the get Danny Green back train. I was conducting yeah. nothing. And uh, he's obviously going to Cleveland, which is really, really sad for me, but really great for Cleveland because that's a perfect fit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously you'd want like a 3 and D wing type, just not to play a ton of minutes, but just a guy who can, you know, maybe take away like, and this is no disrespect, but maybe take away like the option of playing Troy Brown. Like, I feel like, I feel like we got to rid Darvin Ham of Troy Brown a little bit. Please, Ron. <laughs> Troy Brown is a fine player in theory. I just feel like the production has been wildly inconsistent. Like, there's been games where I'm like, oh, my God. Wow, Troy Brown, this is exactly what we've been looking for. And then there's games Random where Random get point game and then yeah. zero. Then, yeah. And then there are games where he's just unplayable. And yeah. I'd, I'd rather a guy, and that's why I like a Danny Green, because it feels like a Danny Green type, you know, he's not going to get you as high of highs anymore as he once was. But I don't know that Danny Green will ever truly be unplayable. And if he gets to that point, he'll probably retire himself. Fair. I mean, you would hope so. Uh, Caesar wrote Super Chat. What would be a realistic record you think the Lakers could get? And what seed would we be? Well, if the Lakers, well, they have, what, 25 games left, maybe? 24? They have 20 – well, I can't do math. 23. Okay. 23 Wait, games. What's the record? 27 and 32, that's 59 yeah, games. 23 left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to get to 500, the Lakers would have to go 14 and 9. I think that's best case scenario. The Lakers like go 14 and 9 down the stretch. You get to 500 and I think 41 and 41. 500 gets you in the play in tournament. Yeah. I, I right think we can see that pretty easily. 500 gets you the ninth seed right now. And but if you win strategically those games against Golden State, OKC, Minnesota, right. New Orleans, Dallas, 500 might even get you to eight and you only have to win one game to get in as opposed like I, I really would like to get to eight mainly because then you only have to win one game and you get the benefit of lose. Like if you lose the first one, you have a second option. So I'd right. really love to get to that eight spot. And I think there's a world where OKC, obviously they're tanking, like they're tanking kind of like they're not, they're not trying to win every game organizationally. Um, and then there's a world to me where Minnesota collapses here. And that's kind of what I'm banking on at this point. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the Lakers, I agree. I think you want to try to get to eight because I, I also think, like, let's say you, you lose that first game, you win the second game. If, if the top two stays as Memphis, Denver, or even if you win, I like my chances. I think Memphis is an incredibly fragile playoff team. That I still think I think they're just better than I think they think they're better than they really are. And I think the Lakers match up really, really well with Denver if they're healthy. So this isn't <laughs> this isn't a situation where I'm like scared to death of the top two see. Although they're really, really good. I think Memphis, I'm not gonna use the word frauds, but I Think they're better. I think they think they're better than they think they are. And I think Denver, you match up really, really well with them. So you definitely try to get to eight. <laughs> I think between Memphis and Denver, I'd probably rather take on Memphis. Um, okay. Denver is a more complete team, I and agree. you just you just know that if the Lakers play Denver in a seven game series, one of those games KCP's hitting nine threes. Oh man, KCP's going off for nine threes. Bruce Brown's gonna magically hit five. Like what in the world? You just you just know, and I feel like I feel like with Memphis, like it's tough. They're both really good teams, and I think they're both difficult matchups. I think I think Memphis, they like they're obviously they have really great guards they have jaron jackson jr but like i feel like ad versus jaron jackson jr that matchup i feel like over a seven game series ad wins i think he is just the more complete player and i i think memphis really won't have anything for lebron over a seven game series i think in a one game you know in a regular season matchup i think they throw jaron jackson jr on him and pray uh, but over a seven-game series, I don't know that that would be viable. Um, and so I, I really think Memphis is the better matchup, although I don't love either. <laughs> yeah. And then also, Jared Jackson Jr. has a massive problem with staying out of foul trouble. So you get Jared Jackson Jr. in foul trouble, now is really just pray the Lakers miss some shots. Because it's a whole lot of Steven Adams after that. and Yeah. And it's, look, I like Steven Adams, but he's not a guy you want playing 30 a game in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Super chat here. Great win. I love the bench energy and reaction after every bucket, especially when Mo made that dunk after LeBron's assist. Potential to build a great chemistry is really, really high. Yeah, absolutely. This team, 
just has a good energy, good vibe around, and they're playing good basketball. Not very uh, often we've been able to say that in the past. Uh, Tony Allen with Super Chat, just because your show was great. Great show as always. Really like the new look Lakers. Um, yeah, I mean, th- th- this team last night, and even in Golden State, just looked fun. And for the second time out of the past three games, I thought the coaching staff did a heck of a job preparing for what the Pelicans were going to do, or what, especially what Golden State was going to do offensively. So, and great you, job. So far. You could give you could give a coach six months to prepare, but if Matisse Thybul hits four threes, there is <laughs> nothing you can do. It's there is nothing. I think I said this post game. If Matisse Thybul was that good of a shooter, he he's at Philadelphia on that starting five right now. He's getting uh he's getting a like almost like whatever Cam Johnson's gonna get this offseason, like yeah. that plus more if yeah. he could hit threes. <laughs> uh, I think that's valid. Um Mark with a super chat. Lots of energy because of because of the no three guard lineups, easy rebounds. Lots of energy because of the three guard lineups. There were way too many easy, easy rebounds. Um, did you have a problem with the rotations, Ron, last night? Uh, from what I saw, no. I actually thought, uh, and I, I saw a lot of commentary during the first half that the rotations were strong, and then what I saw in the second half matched that. Um, I felt like there was very rarely times where I looked at the court and said, "Ugh, like this is nasty." And I was doing that a lot before the trade deadline. So, you know, I, I thought there was some good. I, I thought Reeves was mixed in really well. I'd like to see him a little bit more, but I, I thought Reeves was mixed in really well. I thought Rui was mixed in really well and played with guys that like match his skill set. Um, I think, you know, I, I like Rui Hachimura, but I, I do think I, there's merit to the argument that playing him alongside LeBron and D'Lo is kind of like mitigating what he does best. And I feel like Darvin Ham did a good job of saying, okay, Rui, like go dominate the bench unit and go just do whatever you want offensively. Uh, and we'll put you next to Reeves and Bamba and, whoever else, and, and he made it work. So I, I I like what I saw in the small sample size, and I'm excited to see, like, what goes off of that in the second half. I agree. Uh, J.S. Wang with a super chat. We are deep, but do we still have a, an open roster spot? Answer that question very quick. Yes. What names to look out for in the bio market? Kevin Love just became, has just become available. Thoughts? Well, Kevin Love is the biggest, most flashiest name available right now outside of you know who if he eventually gets bought out by the Utah Jazz. But I, I think with Kevin Love, and Ron, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, I think it would be awesome if it was even before, like, the Obama trade, I'd consider it. But Kevin Love, the reason why he wants to leave Cleveland is because he's out of the rotation. He wants minutes. I'm not sure right now you could promise Kevin Love 10 to 15 minutes a night. And, I mean, I, I'd be more than open to it, but that's my only – resentment towards it like you 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 show me a way you can get 10 to 15 minutes a night for kevin love without taking away from meaningful guys sure but i just don't think there's a way to do that yeah and and, you know that's what i was talking about danny green like i i would want someone who takes away troy brown and lonnie walker's minutes like that's who kind of the archetype you're looking for but I don't know. Kevin Love can't take away the minutes of Troy Brown. Like they're they're that's just not they're not the same. And so I look at the forwards in that rotation because 
you know, Kevin Love and and Al Horford kind of went opposite directions from when they were kind of seen as like stretch bigs, where Horford became almost like a pseudo wing in Boston. Uh, Kevin is Kevin Love has become well is just more of a like he's a stretch four, but defensively he's like not going to get out on the perimeter and stop dudes the way Horford can or the way Horford like magically was able to that year, you know, when he went back to Boston. Right. So I think there's just nowhere for me, like AD, you could take a couple minutes from him in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he's getting those back. I don't want him playing over Mo Bamba at this point. Don't want him playing over Jared Vanderbilt. I just don't know where the minutes come from. Yeah. Again, would love him, but just culture fit. Culture fit. Great chemistry with LeBron. I'm sure he would love to be back in LA, but I I just don't see an avenue. Again, if you don't do that Mobama trade, maybe you could talk to me, but I just don't see how you can get that. I would be interested in in lineups with AD at the five, Kevin Love at the four, LeBron at the three, and then like Reeves D'Lo. To to yeah. you know bounce it. I, I'd love to see that, but with Bamba there, I just it doesn't make much sense. Uh Ham throws players to the starting line. Darwin Ham just uh puts a blindfold on and just starts throwing darts at a he just picks <laughs> right and just throws them at the dartboard. Says, you know what? Whichever one sticks, that's the starting five tonight. <laughs> I said it, I said on I I have never laughed harder in my like it's been a while since I've laughed that hard at Darvin Ham's I got a trick up my sleeve comment. Oh like, my god. I because he said that and I was like, dude, everyone knows what the trick up your sleeve is. You're just gonna start D'Lo. you're just gonna take Dennis out. Like that's the trick up your sleeve is Dennis to the bench. Whoa. Dude, Whoa. You, you change the game. Or <laughs> like, no is gonna be there's a portion of Lakers Nation fans that felt felt that way, or it was like Oh no, Darwin's about to uh, start. Le- he's gonna he's gonna do the unthinkable. Start four guards, bring LeBron off the bench. Let LeBron be the be the Russell Westbrook. He said, Trick up my sleeve, Lonnie Walker at the four. Like that's. <laughs> oh no, that that would have been scary. Uh, Deep Zeke, I believe, with a super chat. We're definitely better than the Suns defensively. Yes, yeah. I think I can get behind that. I think I can get behind. But I mean. As good, I don't know. I don't know what the Lakers' ceiling is defensively with this roster, but can your ceiling stop Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre? I, I don't know. I don't know that anyone's defensive ceiling could stop that. That is, that is the most formidable yeah. offensive front four that we've seen in the NBA since the Warriors. And not to say the the Suns are anywhere near as good as the Warriors, because sure. I think the Suns are going to have some real defensive issues and some real depth issues. Yeah, but offensively just purely those four i don't know that there's been a better offensive first four since the warriors am i crazy to think the only western conference team that could have a shot defensively of slowing this phoenix suns offense down would be golden state if healthy yeah fully healthy because look uh if draymond green is fully healthy and playing his best basketball he can do anything he can yeah. make any group of people a top five defense right? at his best. He's one of the best defenders in NBA history. But the the Warriors at this point are just so many question marks with health um, that, you know, I worry. 
a couple of super chats back to back here. The Pelicans look like us before the trades, and then Matt. Uh, are you talking about the spacing? Maybe that that's really really weird. How their starting lineup kind of operates and things like that, especially with Herb Jones. I think eventually going off on a tangent here, they're gonna have to switch to Josh Richardson in the starting five just because you're not really worried about Herb Jones shooting. Josh um, Richardson said, I'm trying to get an early start on my all-star break. So I don't know about that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> he said, peace. I just got here, but I'm out. And then Masterlock CJ for ruining the LeBron, the Reeves LeBron double alley oop. Oh my gosh, if LeBron James had finished that. I, I think there would have been like championship trophy photoshops circulating on Twitter if that dunk had gone through. Like if <laughs> I respect CJ though a little bit. Like I know we want to master lock him, but if I was CJ in that moment, I also would want to do that. <laughs> I also would yeah. want to take away the highlight. Yeah, like I, I mean that would that could have oh man, I think I saw a tweet like LeBron five years ago. LeBron when he first got to LA is he's jason terrying cj mccollum like that's yeah. what's happening yeah that's what's happening lebron like the championship you're like lebron before he got hurt the first time by solomon hill is jason terry yeah. this, yeah. this is a different lebron this is a different this is a different lebron but the fact that oh man that was that would have been nice laker famous super chat lakers 27 percent from three and 61 percent from the free throw line still win by 20 and lebron can rest wow my initial gut reaction after that game, Ron, was more so talking about D'Lo. D'Lo can kind of take the burden off LeBron. And I think and this is no disrespect to D'Lo. I'm actually kind of giving him credit. <laughs> this is what you would have wanted from Kyrie Irving. It's just a lot less of a headache, cheaper. In the offseason, too, he's going to be cheaper. But, like, in terms of what you would have wanted from and a little bit less ball dominant. So, like, in terms of what you would have asked Kyrie Irving to come in and do, you got it, and you got the role players that you desperately needed, and you didn't give up two first-round picks. So, I think D'Lo, with his playmaking ability, his shooting ability, can take the burden off LeBron, and LeBron can play. I, I think he played 31 minutes. Granted, it became kind of a blowout towards the end, but LeBron can kind of coast and get six points here. Go a long, a large stretch without scoring. Then get seven straight points here. Long stretch without scoring. Then burst for twenty. So I yeah. think Delo's really going to help LeBron continue continue the transition and sustain further sustain this game. Yeah, and I think LeBron kind of did coast on Wednesday night. Like there was that stretch at the end of the third and the beginning of the fourth where it was like, okay, I'm LeBron James. I will go and win this game now. But like before that, I thought he was coasting his way through the third quarter. Yeah, and between. Dennis and D'Lo, provided they play separately, um, yeah. but between D'Lo and Dennis, I think you have enough to say, okay, LeBron, you don't have to play 36 minutes tonight. You can chill. Yeah. Um, TC with a super chat here. Concerned about AD's foot bothering him again. Yeah, Ron, Ron mentioned this earlier on. That I think this week or so off, a little bit less, I say now. But it's really going to benefit Anthony Davis, allowing him to further rest up that foot because you could tell at times that he just wasn't still fully 100%. So it's good that AD – honestly, I'm actually glad AD's not an all-star because now AD gets to go on vacation right quick, come back, hopefully hopefully rest and rejuvenate, ready for the back half of the season. Uh, 
Jay Farrell, Lonnie will find PP. Everybody will. I think Lonnie's the guy that's not going to get minutes, and it sucks. Lonnie's the odd man out. You know, this team team is just too deep with like talented guards that make sense now. Like the the Lakers have four guards that can play in any lineup at any time. Um, And that wasn't true of the the previous iteration of the team. I I don't know where the minutes are for Lonnie outside of spot minutes here and there, but between Zillow, Beasley, Reeves, and Dennis, I just, I don't see who he takes minutes from. Dorothy with a super chat. Kevin Love got released. Should the Lakers pick him up? Dorothy, appreciate the super chat. Just covered this. Real, Real quick recap. Again, I just don't think there's any minutes for him. We'll love him, though. Uh, Carter with a super chat. Told you Vando is best at defending threes, not fours. Give B.I., gave B.I. fits in the first half. That starting lineup is the one we need to go forward with. Ron, would you ever make consider making a change to that starting lineup, or do you think that's the set lineup going forward? Um, You know, I think it's probably the set lineup going forward. It's not what I would have uh, put out there as the starting lineup, but – I like it. I think Jared Vanderbilt is very, obviously defensively is just a menace. He's just everywhere. He guards three through five super well. And yeah, it works. <laughs> Nequan Luke here with Super Chat. The pace that D'Angelo Russell plays with plays at is what LeBron's always needed. Hence Dwayne Wade and Kyrie Irving. LeBron always needed a guard that could play at multiple speeds. You're, you're saying the other guy couldn't? Wow, that's very disrespectful. That's but so rude. So rude. Shame on you. But now, to Ron's point earlier, just you need a guard that can kind of play at his own pace and not let anybody change him up to the point where you where you only have one speed, it's a lot easier to guard that. Because, like, okay, cool, just don't let him go that one speed, right? Because then it's like – you make, and I'm sure you guys know what I'm referring to. You make somebody go a certain type of game or whatever. They're not nearly as effective. D'Lo can run the floor and transition and go full speed or whatever. But you want to slow it down, make it a half court game. D'Lo is incredibly effective in the half court, and the sets are a lot better in the half court with D'Lo now as well. So I completely agree. Uh, Daniel with a super chat. Do you think we could get to the play in? I think so. Right. We agree on that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think they can get to the play-in. Uh, and yeah, we'll see how it goes after. <laughs> uh, Frank with a super chat. I call Vanderbilt the Vandy man. Okay. Say his three say his name three times in the mirror and turn around. He'll be the rebounding over you. I I, I prefer living, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but you tell me how that goes, and I'll I'll – be there to counsel you in the hospital because I don't think that's going to go well. Nope. <laughs> uh, King Gig with a super chat. Offense, good. Defense, good. Rebounding is a question mark. We win this game by 30. If we rebound, we'll need it to make a playoff push. I agree. I think yeah. that's reasonable. Rebounding, I'd say rebounding is, you know, slightly important, just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not too worried about it long term. I mean, yeah, you know, between Bamba, AD, Vanderbilt, LeBron, th- there's rebounds to be had. It was, it's just, you know, game script happens how it happens. Uh, Shane with a super chat. D'Lo was the first Laker draft that I felt connection slash resurgence with for our franchise. Him back got me feeling nostalgic like I never left after that three. Our boys all grown up as reflected in this game. 
even if you listen to like his introductory press or whatever, like his first conversation with the media upon his return, you can just tell he's matured as a person. I think his game has matured, which is why, like Ron mentioned, you know, it's like four years ago or whatever, he was an all-star and why he got a big-time contract. Uh, Black Panther with a super chat. LeBron knows how to utilize the new guys with him on the court. The flow is much better. AD came alive. Vando locked up Ingram. As good as Vanderbilt was, Brandon Ingram still had 25 points or whatever, which, granted, it was incredibly tough. I'm not taking anything away from the Lakers' defense. But that's like – this is the funniest thing to run to me, Ron. It's like what people say, Andre Iguodala locked up LeBron James in the NBA Finals. <laughs> LeBron averaged 38 points in the NBA Finals. It's like – Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Great job, though, by Vanderbilt. Uh, the plop of the Super Chat. Absolutely love what I saw tonight from the new starting lineup. Love the work from you, Trevor and the boys, the Laker Nation. And shout out to the legend, Scorpio Sky himself. Uh for for Scott Rodder, Rodder, are you gonna give uh Rob his props? I, I texted I texted uh Scorpio Sky the day of the trade deadline. I texted him because he was watching the he was watching our trade deadline live stream. Yeah. Um and so I texted him after and I was like, it's time to give Rob Polinka his flowers. Like <laughs> it's it's good work. We had a whole conversation about it. It was great. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's hilarious. Um Super chat here, Jimmy Johnson. Caleb just got bought out. Y'all think he's coming here? Appreciate the super chat, but we just talked about that. Um, just rewind back and hear our thoughts about Kevin Love. Um, Raider Laker. First off, take the Raider out, and we can leave <laughs> the rest. Um, this team would have been a top six team if we were assembled from the beginning of the season. I think almost – I think even if you did the Pacers trade, I'd probably give up. Even if the Lakers had just won games where they were winning with, like, 20 seconds left, I agree with you on that. Um, yeah, the Lakers are not that far off from being a top six team with Russ. So, like – Yeah. So – Anything's possible. <laughs> uh, Nick with a super chat. Vanderbilt has a $4.7 million tra- uh, team option next year. Value. Absolutely. And again, I think going back to the opening part of the show, um, when we talked about the Pacers deal of this one, um, I, I think that's why you still go this one. Four rotation players, more, way more valuable than just two solid ones. Um, Dre Johnson, why not Eric Pascal over Kevin Love? That dude is not an NBA player. <laughs> like, when was the last time he played in an NBA rotation? What was the last team he was on? Was it Utah? I think it was Utah, right? Let, let's find out. He is a free agent. <laughs> um, this, was he on that uh, that title played, team? He played Nova? for Utah last year. Um, Dude, you know what's crazy? He was on the all-rookie first team. <laughs> How bad was that rookie? No, I know the rookie class wound up turning all right because he was, what, 19, right? He was also just putting up numbers on those garbage Warriors teams. That's right. That was your life. was out. Clay was yeah. out. Draymond he was, was hurt he was almost all year. Numbers. He got to Utah last year. He averaged five points and two rebounds on 48% shooting in 12 minutes a game last year for the Utah Jazz. Yeah. So, not an NBA player. Not an NBA player. Uh, Black Panther with a number super chat. 
Bama didn't shoot well, but his presence was great. I don't think he's the best defender, but I think it's just he just is a better rim protector than Thomas Bryant. So, like, even when I don't think he's the, uh, the greatest defender, it's still something, and I think that's all you need in spot Anthony Davis minutes. Yeah, I think with Bamba, like, if you can just find a way to place him in the right spot more often than not, yeah. his length will just overwhelm offensive players without him having to really do anything. I don't think he's a super great defender, but I, I think it's just about, like, getting him in the right spot at the right time to alter with his length. Yeah. I agree. Uh, let's see. The Urban Progressive with a super chat here. Bomba's foul trouble made me feel like we need a third center. You kind of have it technically. Also, how great was it to see the bench keep slash increase the lead with LeBron resting? Something. Talk about things we haven't been able to see in the LeBron James yeah, regime. Exactly. That's definitely that. But I think you have that third center. It's Wendy and Gabriel. And it, I'm interested to see if like Bomba solidified that that backup center uh, minutes, or if it's just going to be more of a um, matchup dependent thing, which I think is what it should be. Um, yeah. But I think you have your third center, Wendy Gabriel. Another reason why yet again why I don't think Kevin Love makes all that much sense. How many of these super chats we got? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think we're we're almost done. I think. Uh, Mateo with Super Chat again. Will Kevin Love be looked at by the Lakers? Thoughts? Yeah. Same thing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Good win, but it's concerning how different this team plays without LeBron, even when he just goes to the bench. That's the definition of valuable. Yeah, sure. Um, LeBron is super good at basketball. You're going to change your style when he's not in the game. LeBron James is the the best player, in my opinion, to ever play the game. So – yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Um, don't cancel me, please. MJ stands. Uh Mabu with the super chat. LeBron finally got to reap the benefits of having a nice team. He rests in the fourth. That's rare these days. LOL. I mean, LeBron went out like the seven minute mark, which is kind of what he's been doing in the fourth quarter. And then if the game extends or whatever, he'll stay out. But he gets back close. He normally comes back in with like a little under five minutes left. So that was more just the rotation, and then it became a blowout, so they kept him out. But, sure, point taken. Um, Nico, I hope the Lakers can at least can clinch at least a six seed. No more playing. It really helps in terms of the team's morale and not having to fight for a playoff spot. The Lakers would almost have to go undefeated down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, Dallas is in sixth right now. Um, so they're, what? Three and a half back. Like, three and a half doesn't sound like a lot on the surface. But Dallas is going to win games, too, because they just got Kyrie Irving. Like <laughs> Three and a half of, like, 20 games left is the problem. And, and the team you're chasing has two of, like, the 15 best basketball players in the world. Yeah. Like, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. And you have to account for your own two of the top 15 best players in the world missing games. So... You're gonna, like... Yeah, this is unrealistic. I, I would think eighth is like my goal. Yeah, I I don't even argue like seven's unrealistic. I think, like you said, I think eight's a sweet spot. Dimes, I love Bev, uh, Westbrook, and Thomas Bryant, but we trim some fat. <laughs> Good game. That's a very interesting description. Uh, super dope hip hop. If the if only the Lakers had this roster all year that fits, because with health, it's top four in the West, especially without. 
four robberies in January. Best AD game since he came back. LeBron, 20-plus, 37 straight games, I guess. So long as in the NBA and Lakers since 05-06. Kobe, did not know that um, about the streak of 20-plus or whatever. Uh, Joel, Kevin Love, thoughts? Just talked about it. Appreciate the Super Chat, though. Uh, we have to sign D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt long-term. I agree. Vanderbilt, you don't have to worry about that till next year. D'Lo, you have to make that decision this summer. I think they should, Rob Polinka. Don't go back down the same rabbit hole you just got out of. Make the <laughs> smart decision. You need to have, like, you need to have guys making between, like, 6 and $25 million on your roster. It can't be 40 and 2. It can't be 40 <laughs> It's that's that's awesome, but no, 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 seriously, that's how a lot of trades get done. That's that's what the roster was at the beginning of the year was three dudes in the 40s, Lonnie Walker making six, (laughs) Beverly making 13, and everyone else making one and a half. Nothing, yeah, nothing. Was last time LeBron got less than 30 minutes? Great team when team has a legit shot to make the playoffs. Thanks for all you do, Laker Nation. Appreciate you, appreciate the super chat. Um, yeah. Great, great game. Glad LeBron got some much-needed rest. Marley, that game was more fun. <laughs> I'm right. not going to Next one. Appreciate the Super Chat, Marlon. Uh, Vector Nova, <laughs> that was the AD I wanted for my Super Chat last stream. Jonas and Willie is not better than UAD. Take him into town. Good win. Let's keep it up. And I think I guess that's where the frustration was with Laker fans for that Portland game. It's like, okay. There's nobody that could guard you on this Portland team. If that was Memphis or I don't know. If that was somebody else, maybe it maybe it's a little bit more acceptable. Golden State, for example, that's a little bit more acceptable, right? But not yeah. Portland, where it's Drew Eubanks and like I don't know, like player Z or whatever. Like I think that was a frustration. Great job, AD. Two K generated center. Two <laughs> K generated center. Sixty eight overall. Like, come on, man. Uh, dominant media. Do you think this team is better than the 2021 team before the trade for Russ? I don't think so. That 2021 no. team, if they're healthy, runs it back, and I will stand on that hill. That 2021 team is one of the best overall rosters I've seen in the last, probably since the Warriors like ended. So like since 2018, that's probably like the best roster I've seen. That was, that was like, if I'm building an NBA roster, I'm kind of doing that with like. Some exceptions, I'm probably getting a, a more like, give me like a Mo Bamba type instead of a Montrez Harrell type or a Jared Vanderbilt type instead of a Montrez Harrell type, but then I'm good. Yeah, like, okay, let me backtrack a little bit. If that team doesn't run it back, that team is at least going back. I think I could confidently say that for sure if they are healthy. Because then they um, run into the Bucks. So they, you know, they run into the brick wall that is Giannis. You never know how that goes. Yeah, you never know how that goes. Uh, James, the super chat. Ham has to find a way to find minutes for Lonnie. We need his skill set too. Maybe the buy tie between Beasley and him. This is a very interesting super chat. We have one more after this. Um, but, Rod, I completely disagree with this one. Appreciate super chat. But I think if you want to talk X's and O's, I agree. I disagree because Beasley – his off-ball shooting threat and ability to shoot off of pin-downs and handoffs uh, and the gravity he has on the floor is way better than Lonnie, and you don't really want Lonnie doing that stuff, which yeah. they unfortunately had to earlier in the year. And then 
Like, no, I, 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 I don't know, man. What, what, what do you pick, Ron? I see Lonnie as like a smaller Rui. Um, just in terms of they want the ball in their hands. They want to go ISO one-off. They want to use their athleticism to, you know, get past defenders and make things happen, whether it's on the perimeter or at the rim. I see them more similar in that way. And if between those two, Rui is not only better, but he also fits size-wise what the team needs. Lonnie is too small to be that type of player. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, sucks. I really do like Lonnie. And I like sucks Lonnie. A contract year. I hope, I hope they even keep him because why not? Why not? Oh, oh no. Uh, can we, like, get another hashtag instead of why not? <laughs> um, all right, last one here. Bando on BI versus Bev on BI. LOL. All right. I, I don't want to end on a sour note, but can we just address finally in the day Rob Polinka does like a 30 for 30 and he comes out, or maybe it's a pride, I don't know what it is. It's a podcast, and he says, Yeah, me saying Pat Bev was a three and D wing is easily top five stupidest takes by a general manager of all time. <laughs> He said, Pat Bev, a 3 and D wing. You know, I think he was trying to do the whole, like, KCP is our mana from heaven. Like, I think he was trying to do that because he did a victory lap on the KCP one. Like, we made fun of him mercilessly for saying that KCP was, like, a godsend. Like, for using biblical references for Contavious Caldwell Pope. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that K he was right, like, KCP really was that dude, like, he kind of did his victory lap, and he was like, dude, if I just say the most ridiculous stuff, maybe it'll come true. I don't blame him for having that mentality. So he did it with Bev. Did not work, even a little bit. Not a 3 and D wing. Uh, for half the season, he wasn't even a 3 anything. He was just not good for like yeah. half. <laughs> oh, man. Rob, we, we forgive you a little bit because of a pretty solid. We, we yeah. forgive you for your ability of doing your job. So – there, yeah. there you go. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> but thank you all, Laker Nation, for tuning in. This was a very fun Trevor List podcast. Uh, but we had a bunch of fun going through the Super Chats and talking about the Lakers and how things might transpire coming out of the All-Star break. Thank you, Ron, as always, for joining me. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.